so we've talked about it before on our shows you know when i was very young 12 years old i had to deal with death for the first time when my grandmother passed away and it kind of you know took me aback i wasn't really sure what death was i didn't know actually i didn't know what death death was and then once she passed away it kind of really shook me to my core it made me change the way i evaluate life and the things around me and i think you kind of had much the same experience at that same age right jim yeah exactly the same age when my mom passed away and like you know it's it's hard to process life in general at 12 let alone something traumatic right and then how do you think dealing with death at that young age shaped like future jim what what would you say it did to you i think it made future jim have a a more logical brain or at least that things don't phase me like they face regular people or people that haven't gone through something like that i think it took a lot of the emotion out because like that was like the most important person in my life. So when you lose that, every and this is going to sound cold, but everything else is like not as big of a deal. I agree. I agree. You know, I think it gives you the perspective of dealing with life in a reasonable, rational, logical manner, right? And I think a lot of the world and a lot of people in the world don't deal with life that way. They deal with things in a very, very emotional way. So it's hard for me and you to kind of associate with the way a lot of people think and process information because we're looking at things from like an A plus B plus C perspective. But especially kids now in their 30s and 20s, I know you have some experience with this, don't deal with things in a very rational <laughs> or reasonable kind of way. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. Like, um, I have an actual story about that is uh, my my youngest has just started college, mm-hmm. and we went to go visit him because he forgot a couple things. And he's like, there's people in college that are only here for sex. And I went, <laughs> yeah. And he, go- he goes, no. He goes, I saw that stuff in movies. I thought they just made it up like it was a caricature. He goes, I didn't realize people were actually like that. Yeah, I think when the when life hits young people for the first time, they have no idea how to deal with it, right? Like they just can't process that is the reality around them, right? That that's where I think me and you are good. Like whenever we see something strange or fucked up, oh yeah, this is happening because of this or this is happening because of right. that. <laughs> right. It's easy to process. But once you, if you're emotional or if you're a person who perceives life to be like a certain way, but you don't have proof to back it up then it just kind of hits you hard when you have to deal with reality for the first time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I guess your youngest is going to have to deal with a lot of that coming up in the next couple of months. Oh, I'd imagine it's going to be a tsunami of reality for him. (laughs) (laughs) So this week, you know, we started our intro talking about death. And, you know, we haven't really talked about wrestling deaths a lot. But this year in particular, 2023, has, as Jim just mentioned, it's been a tsunami of deaths, actually. And I'm going to go through a list of guys. We're going to talk about each one of them before we get to the big three who passed away this week. But uh, we'll go through each guy. We'll discuss them in detail and what our memories and thoughts of each of the guys were. We're not doing a match this week. And this episode is just going to be called The 2023 Deaths. Okay, so first on the list, and I fucking forgot that this guy died was Lanny Poffel. You know, he did a lot of things in his career. Overall, Jim, what would you say? Good, great, excellent, terrible. Where do you rank Poffel in terms of 
his characters and his ability and all that? I think his character is great. Like, I think it would work as a manager now. Like, he was a decent in-ring athlete, but his mic skills were way better. And, you know, they just utilized him that way in WWE. You know, I think he could have had an intercontinental run. I don't know why they put him in the ring with Hogan and a lot of the bigger guys and had him do jobs. I thought he could have gone, uh, you know, a lighter weight class or like a, a middleweight class or something like that. And he could have been like a top guy for a long time. I thought he was very skilled in the ring. He had all the right moves. It's a, a little bit softer than his brother. Like he didn't have that rough edge that his brother did. And, uh, you know, while his WWF is a run is what people remember him for, you can't forget this guy in his late 50s, he made a comeback on the indie scene and he did lots of shows and he worked with Hannibal and he did all these kinds of crazy things that, you know, often get forgotten when we think about his career because we think about the genius stuff. I think, you know, he made a good showing of it and his greatest accomplishment maybe was bearing the hatchet with Vince McMahon regarding the Macho Man character and getting that inducted into the Hall of Fame. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think he did it for the fans, and I think it was the right move. Like, it's kind of weird to think that Savage wouldn't be in, right? Right. Like, he's the he's the number two, probably, arguably, of that era for WWF. And I think a lot of people would have Savage on their Mount Rushmore, a lot. Absolutely. Yeah, deservedly so, right? Okay, so Lanny Poffo. The next guy on the list is uh, another guy from almost the same generation. A lot of guys here from the same generation is Butch Miller. I think everybody knows him as one of the Bushwhackers. This is Bushwhacker Butch, Butch and Luke, so Butch. A, I can't distinguish which guy is which, but I do know that these two guys came in with a very strong, strong indie gimmick of being like hardcore, and they turned that into the most extreme cartoon characters you could imagine. I fucking hated them in the WWE. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm a little bit of a germaphobe, so licking sweaty guys' heads is fucking. It just made me want to hurl every time I saw these two. <laughs> what do you think of these guys? I thought that as the New Zealand sheep herders, they were awesome and like they were violent. They were violent way before violent was the standard, mm-hmm. and I think they probably added what ten or fifteen years to their life by doing this goofy comic book gimmick. Like, say what you will, it was over in a huge way. Yeah, all the little kids love that shit. Oh my oh, god, yeah. that was terrible. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> but I think they got a place in the Hall of Fame, and probably, you know, I'll say one thing: these guys did the job for everybody and anybody, and never complain. You never heard them not once. Yeah, not once say a bad thing about doing jobs, and so like I love that about them. Great. The next guy on the list, I didn't actually know that this guy died until Jim sent me a list of all the guys who died in 2023. He is one of my early favorites, and he's one of my early favorites, not because he's particularly great, but he had a feud with a guy who I fucking loved as a wrestler, and I can't believe that guy is still not on this list. That's Jimmy, the boogie-woogie man valiant. That fucking guy is still alive, but he had (laughs) one of the greatest feuds that I saw with Adrian Street, who unfortunately recently passed away. Adrian Street was the precursor to Goldust, and he was 20 years ahead of the game. I thought he was excellent. His gimmick was fantastic. He could have fit in ECW even in the 90s. What do you think about Exotic Adrian Street? Yeah, they just didn't know what to do with him in a major league, right? Like he flourished in like your your smaller leagues, but like the general public wasn't ready for him. 
and he had he had great skills like he could have easily been repackaged and put as something else in WWF and I don't know why that never happened but good for him for sticking what he believed to be a great gimmick and it was a great gimmick you know I think the timing was right because Boy George and Culture Club was a big deal at that time and people weren't really sure how to react to that like is this a transvestite is this a man is this a woman is this acceptable like you know the whole thing was going on and then he came out with that song do you really want to hurt me and then here you have adrian's exotic adrian street coming out all muscular and buffed up and yep. do the same thing <laughs> and then he's got a woman in his corner so you're really not sure what the hell's going on there <laughs> you know I, mean? so like, I thought it was really really great whenever he came to the ring the audience was awfully confused like what's like, what am I supposed to, am I cheering? Am I booing? Well, what is this? You know, and I think, you know, in the 90s, this would have been fucking perfect. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, it would have been so good. Okay, yeah, so unfortunately, Adrian Street has also passed away. The next guy, a young guy, died way too early. Way, way too early. Jim knows a lot more about him than I do. He's one half of what I would consider one of the greatest tag teams of the modern era. It's Jay Briscoe, unfortunately, passed away in a car accident. Thoughts on Jay Briscoe, Jim? I think Jay Briscoe lived his gimmick, and you can't say that about many guys. Like, you can go, oh, maybe they do that. That was just him from, obviously, from what I've read. Mm -hmm. um, he, and he could brawl, and he could wrestle. Like, he could, they were known as a brawling tag team, but, man, those guys could go. And they have so many great matches throughout their career. He had a singles run as a champion in Ring of Honor. Like, mm -hmm. he was, he did a gr great, great interviews. Like, he's, he's gone way too soon. Agreed. Gone way too soon. I don't have, you know, the fondness in my heart for him like you do because i was a little bit removed from the scene because i was in japan and not following what was going on but whatever little i did see i could see greatness and i thought he was excellent their interviews were unique they you know really captured a feeling of what the two guys were all about i loved that gimmick and that style and that look and i thought it was great but very very unfortunate that you know the guy died let's be honest because he wasn't wearing a seatbelt, right? Right. Yeah, and, and that's a shame. Like, I don't know whose fault the accident was or all that detail, but I think a seatbelt here might have saved his life. And so for anybody out there, it's a small lesson. I hope you listen carefully. You know, seatbelts can save your lives. And so they're worth putting on every time you get in the car. All right, the next guy, uh, he's a guy who almost died a couple of years ago. Then made a he had a significant health scare, came back, and uh, now unfortunately he's passed away. That superstar Billy Graham, you know, he's basically Hulk Hogan one, right? He just right, yeah, he's Hulk Hogan one. He he's did, Hulk Hogan with Mike skills, right? Right, he just missed his timing. Like, and sometimes that's the thing, right? Like, whether you're born in the right era or not is important, right? Like, if Steve Austin came to the WWE. 15 or 20 years earlier, nobody would have given a shit, right? Because like, no, it wouldn't have gotten over. It was his timing was perfect. And superstar Billy Graham, although he was on top, he didn't have the run that Hogan had because his time was just a bit, a bit too early, just a bit too early. And uh, by the time, you know, Hogan's on top, he can't go anymore. He's no, he's not good. He's, he's just, he couldn't go. He, I don't know if it was injury or burnout or whatever. And also McMahon, probably sidelined him for other reasons because he was demanding too much. But what do you think about right. Billy Graham? 
I think Billy Graham in the eighties is really bad and not that he's a bad wrestler, but he's too old to go. Mm -hmm. And I never thought much of him until I saw his early seventies stuff. Mm. Like he's like, he was great. And in the era that if you could like put him 15 years in the future, he has the mic skills. He has the physique. Yeah. Like he was just, like you said, a little like Adrian street, just a little too early. Yeah. It's unfortunate. I think, there's a like a guy or two who sets or sets a model for what somebody else in the future should do, and he's one of those guys. Exactly as you said, right? So Hogan just came in, copied him, pretty much did every single thing he said, <laughs> changed a right. few, very few things, and he's over. Or, you know, he's fucking over like crazy. Yeah. So yeah, superstar Billy Graham. I don't think he ever really got the clout that he deserved. I would say, if I'm thinking about him overall. He's probably a top 50 guy. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, he's a top 50 guy. But like, I just, unfortunately, I can't put him there alongside Hogan and San Martino and Austin because he just didn't have a long enough run on top. And his negative stuff that stayed in my mind or stayed in the minds of a lot of people, our generation was just too long. Like he stayed. That's fair. Sh- yeah. Shit for too long. Yeah. You know, like, uh, yeah, it's kind of strange. There's guys who had they had a shorter run, I think we would have remembered them in a much better way. But they just keep working and working and working. And then they just job. And, like, look at the big show, right? Here's a good example. Had the guy worked right. five years, people would have said, oh, my God, he was as good as Andre or better. <laughs> like the first right. five years of his career. Like, holy shit, look at the potential. He did a fucking drop kick off the top rope, or he, you know, he took a perfect plex, or he did all these fucking ridiculous things. And you'd be like, holy shit, looking back at the highlights. But now you've got him doing ridiculous jobs. Not no fault of his own, but he stuck around way too long, did way too many jobs, looked weak in doing the jobs, and uh, you know. He's just nobody. His most him. his most famous clip is coming out as Pee Wee Herman's cousin, right? Maybe, like, yeah, yeah. Like, like I mean, when you think about it, like, mm. or and his finisher, like nobody remembers his finisher. People think it's like that big punch. Like big punch is the worst finisher. Agreed, agreed. Yeah. So uh, all the potential in the world, but totally ruined through management, poor management. Yeah. So I think Billy Graham, much the same way. The next guy, ah, uh, you know. He gave me hours and hours and hours of entertainment. You know, at some point you watch him and at some point you're like, okay, I've had enough. But the Iron Sheik, when he went on a tirade and he was telling somebody like, you know, I'm going to fuck you in the ass and fuck this (laughs) motherfucker. It was just so fucking entertaining. I thought it was great. And when he was on top as the heel with Volkov, you know, really, really great. He was a fucking WWF champion. You know, people often forget that. He's an outstanding guy in terms of like how much he contributed to the heel gimmick. I loved all the heel stuff about him. He's one of my favorites. I think he had an excellent career. Couldn't control his demons, but a very, very interesting character. What'd you think? Yeah, and he's he puts Hogan over, right? Like, I know that's a weird thing to give him as his number one thing. Yep. But he tra- he's the transitional champion. He draws all the heat so Hogan can go over as a face. Right. Like, like that cannot be understated how monumental that moment is in the progression of wrestling. Also, and yeah, he's yeah. – go ahead. Yeah, also, like, 
Vern Gagne paid him or was willing to pay him to break Hogan's legs and bring the title <laughs> right. back. And you're right. And he decided, no, I'm not going to do that. That's not the right thing to do. That in and of itself is also monumental, I think, right? Oh my God. Could you imagine if he would have did that? Fuck. Like, could you, like, could you imagine like there's no giant Hogan run? There's no WrestleMania with Mr. T because he'll be injured. Like, who knows what would have happened? I wonder if wrestling turns more shoot and it becomes more real and less kitty time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. It would have been very interesting. Yeah. But the Iron Sheik, you know, his Twitter was great. His online media stuff was great. If you don't, have any idea who the Iron Sheik is, go to Twitter. You'll laugh your ass off. If you you hear him do one interview, you'll get the joke. He was just outstanding. Outstanding. Really great. Okay, the next guy on the list is the final three, the big three from this week. I know people are talking about the big two, and we'll get to them. But for me, I think in the top three, they're all three Hall of Famers. Let's do, go with the uh, entertainer first. Bob Barker. <sighs> 11 a.m., Price is Right. If I'm sick from school, that's on. <laughs> I'm watching it next to my mom. She's taking a break from doing her vacuuming, and we sat down, and we watched The Price is Right. She made me a cheese sandwich and gave me some soup. I, it must have happened like 100 times. Jim, I imagine <laughs> you have very much the same memories, right? It's exactly the same. Like I try to explain it to my kids that like, there's a meme about it since he passed. And it's uh -huh. like, that's not a meme. Like we sat there with saltine crackers and ginger ale or soup. Yep. And we watched The Price is Right while our parents did other things. Like Bob Barker got us through being sick. I remember the very first time Plinko was shown on The Price is Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so and I remember that like, on Golden Road, which is like a super rare game where they bring out like very, really, really, really crazy expensive items and watching like the showcase showdown with my mom where people win both showcases. You know, I mean, like uh, those moments, like they just stick in your mind of like what happened on the show or the time the woman came down and she was so excited. She was wearing a tube top, jumping up and down. She fell out of her tube top. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's that's a part I would say that is that show is one of the purest parts of Americana that I wish every child in America would know about. Because his kindness and gentleness and the way he dealt with people was pure and beautiful. Today, a lot of people say like, oh, he was sexist, he was this, he was that. But you know, when you look at it from today's point of view, you might interpret it as that, but he was nothing but kind. You know, like I didn't I didn't see him as like a dirty old man. And so I thought he was just a really nice guy and he was like being overly friendly. What'd you think? Yeah, I, I think it's hard to judge things from a 2023 lens, right? Like you have yeah. to have perspective of what was going on for things like that. Like it was it was just acceptable. And the thing that people forget when they do things like that is the people weren't offended. Right. The, 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 not just Bob Barker, the people that were going to see Bob Barker were happy to hug him, were happy to right, right. do these things. Like yeah. they were ecstatic to meet him. So it's totally different. So the young people today say, look, whenever anybody comes on The Price is Right, if it's a woman, he hugs them. And if it's a man, he shakes their hand. And I'm like, 
that's what he's fucking supposed to do. <laughs> like, what? Where's the sexism? What the fuck are you talking about? And so, like, yeah, for me, all that controversy is all bullshit. And then uh, the reason why we're mentioning him here is because he had a couple of WWE performances. He came on Raw as a general manager. I loved that episode of Raw. I thought it was fucking it's so good. Oh, so great. He's battles with uh, Santino Morello on the mic and Jericho. and Jericho. Yeah, great. Totally great. Jericho did a podcast with Barker just before he died. I want to say like maybe a year or so before he died. You can go and download it. And Bob Barker didn't realize that he was talking to Chris Jericho, like the guy who was on the show. <laughs> so Chris Jericho, <laughs> yeah, that was me. And it's, oh my God, Chris. And then, so like, like he, once he knew who he was, like he got into the discussion. But it was, I thought, you know, after he did that thing with Billy Madison where he punched Adam Sandler in the face, <laughs> yeah, I thought he was a great fit for Raw. I thought it was excellent. Outside, one of the best like celebrity guest host episodes ever. Okay, then the big two we have this week. Uh, I know everybody's talking about Bray Wyatt, and we'll get to Bray Wyatt because I guess he's the main event for young people. But for me and Jim, I think we know the bigger legend that passed away this year was uh, this week sorry was terry funk he wrestled for i believe 60 years if i'm not mistaken the better part of six decades maybe five but his body of work and how many times he reinvented himself was incredible the funk of the 60s is not the funk of the 70s not the funk of the 80s not the funk of the 90s and not the funk of the 2000s, right? They're all different guys doing different things and working different ways. For me, he's got to be in the top 10 wrestlers in the history of the game globally. Absolute top 10, maybe top five. What do you think, Jim? It's incredible that he doesn't change his gimmick, right? Mm -hmm. Like he's always from Texas and yes. what changes is his style. The things he's willing to do, like the moonsault at 50 or the more oddly hardcore, like he's the first in the first hardcore match, I believe. Like Correct. he, like he, but, but he was also NWA world champion when that title really mattered. Yes. Like the list is insane. He did the empty arena match with uh, Jerry Lawler. He does the first ever bomb match with Onita. He works with his brother and does a tag title stuff in all Japan in the 70s, right? <laughs> like, you know, he wins the first ever ECW champion. Like the list just fucking goes on and on and on and on about things that he achieved in his career that are mind-boggling, like totally, totally mind-boggling. And so for me, he definitely, definitely deserves a place amongst the greatest of all time. Okay, and then last and the most shocking death this week, Jim sprung it on me out of nowhere in a text and it blew my mind. So Jim, thoughts on Bray Wyatt? Bray Wyatt is a was, I should say, a creative genius. Like you don't have to like The Fiend. You don't have to like Firefly Funhouse. You don't have to like the things that he did. But man, to to get Vince McMahon to agree to let you do these things and totally go in a direction that isn't standard for WWE tells you what a creative force this guy was. And merch, right? Like at the end of the day, for Vince, it's it was merch. 
and that guy moved merch like crazy. And his interviews were great. And you look at all these historic matches he had with The Undertaker and the feud with Randy Orton and the Wyatt family versus The Shield is the one everybody talks about. Like, he has an insanely insane body of work for the amount of time he wrestled. So I remember maybe about 10 or 15 episodes ago, not that long ago, I said to you, you know, I haven't been watching the WWF or WWE, sorry, uh, but the return of Bray Wyatt is something that's piqued my curiosity. And I watched the promos and I can't wait to see what they're going to do with him. And it was going really good until that fucking WrestleMania match, which was a disaster. I don't know what the fuck yeah. that was. I don't know whose fault that was. But like, he just disappeared off the face of the earth after that, right? Like it was just kind of yes over. And then the next thing we hear about him is that he's got some kind of health ailment. And then all of a sudden he's dead. You know, like I, I just, it's just one after the other, after the other shocking news, you know, let's be honest. You know, the guy had a heart problem. He was diagnosed with heart problem and the news is coming out now that he had a defibrillator, but he left it in his car. He didn't take it seriously. And he went to bed without it on. And had he had it on, he would have caught this issue and he would have been fine. But he didn't take it seriously. And so like another warning to people out there, doctors are not people who are trying to kill you. Their job is to keep you alive and probably sell you more prescription medication. So they want you to survive, <laughs> right? Like their goal is to keep you alive, not to make you die. And so taking the advice of a doctor, especially in this case, like, you know, it's just kind of like unfortunate that he didn't do so. What do you think? Probably about the end, the end of his in-ring career. Right. But he, he could have easily, how many places would have picked him up for creative, like every league in the United States? Like there's nobody that wouldn't have added him. Like I know he wanted to wrestle, mm -hmm. but if he could have come to grips with that, he couldn't. And then he took yep. it more seriously. He could have just been a backstage guy forever. Not only that, he could have been a manager. You oh, put him in the sure. car, oh, make him oh, the yeah. entrance. Oh, fuck. absolutely! <laughs> uh, it's over, right? That that would be any guy you put around him. That guy's over, like golden. You know, like it's just yeah, he would have made it. But yeah, so I'm de devastated is not the right word, but like disappointed, and you know, the guy left behind a whole bunch of kids. You know, what I mean that they're gonna get to grow up and know their dad was like this great hero but he could have been around you know what i mean like there's no reason for this and so that's what's frustrating to me as i'm getting older i see people who are like skilled and talented and they die needlessly they didn't have to die they just had to listen to somebody and they could have protected and saved their own lives like it's like the same when a guy's drinking too much alcohol and the doctor says if you don't stop drinking you're gonna die and the guy just keeps drinking and he kills himself you know what I mean? like to me it's equally as irresponsible and like i you know i i I don't want to say I have no sympathy because I want to say more accurately, it's just frustrating for me. How do you see yeah. it? Yeah, it's frustrating because it's it was like like Jay, Jay Briscoe's somewhat preventable. Sure. He still might die in that car accident, but like Agreed. there's there's no reason for Bray to die. Like right. there's zero right. reason. Like he just had to do this one thing that he was told that he has to do. Yeah. And instead of acting on logic, it seems as if he probably acted on emotion or carelessness and just said, ah, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. And it's over, you know, unfortunately. I feel so bad for everybody involved in that situation. You know, I can't imagine if it happened around me, but like, if I'm close to him, I'm more frustrated than anything else.
Right. I think that's that's the way everybody's feeling, right? They're just kind of frustrated, right? I would think so. Like, I mean, um, there's only been tributes because, you know, you can't, you know, the, yeah, the rule of thumb right. is you don't talk ill of the dead. But yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are frustrated about it. Yeah, I think, you know, when I think about a lot of the guys on the list we mentioned today, like they were just old, right? you know, it was just their time. Like these, most of these guys were in their 80s. Right. Even Poffo was like in his, I think, I want to say he was in his late 60s, maybe 70s. But like, you know, when you're that big, these guys are big people. You know, if you live in your 60s into your 70s, like that, that's kind of the end of the clock. You're living on borrowed time. This guy was totally unexpected and unfortunate. The wrestling world lost somebody who could have ended up being one of the greatest characters of all time. Agreed. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Six Man Podcast. You can tag in with a DM. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to write to us at sixmanpodcast at gmail.com. For now, it's time to tag out. <laughs>